Tuesday morning. All right, well, it is good to see everyone. Um, and uh, I'm going to go get my water before I get started because I know I'm going to need it. Thanks, Tom. It is just water, even though in Jane's philosophy, if it's in your Yeti, it's coffee. Right? Yeah. But no, mine's water. I don't drink coffee. It's, I don't know. It's not my thing. All right. And also, I apologize if I look extra red today because I set out in the sun yesterday and, well, that's what happens. So, yeah. Anybody else get a little sun yesterday? Yeah? Farmer's stand? Yeah? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, dive in here a little bit. Um, it's been a while since I've been up front here, and so uh, it's a teach, and um, yeah. So we have been going through um, unmerited favor with our, our youth kids and um, talking about God's grace for us and his blessings for us. And so um, kind of my, my message today is a little culmination of all of that, um, but uh, it's really funny, Tom did uh, his call to worship this morning. Go ahead and put it up, Jody. Uh, his. Yeah. Because this passage of Scripture is in my Scripture for today. So, <laughs> so God knew. God knew. So uh, Wednesday night, um, c- kind of talked about this with the kids. Psalm 139 For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. In the NIV, go ahead to that one. Sorry. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Are there any ladies in here who knit? Uh, One? Anybody else? Okay, it's... It's a hard thing. I mean, as much as I understand knitting, yeah, you, you're doing this and you're counting, right? And you can't knit something together without knowing what you're knitting together. Think about that for a minute. God knitted us together in our mother's womb. He knew what he was doing, right? So that's going to be our base for today. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he was putting together, each one of us, right? All right. How many of you know who you are, know what you're supposed to be doing, know where you're supposed to be, know what God has called you to do or to be? Do you know? You can raise your hands. That's okay. Yeah, today? You're supposed to be here today, right? Okay. When we talk, when I talk to the youth about this and these guys, you know, they they're they're trying to understand that what what they want to do with their life, where they want to be. As a forty-four year old adult, I'm forty-four, Tammy. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I still go, God, where do you want me to be? What do, you, what do you want me to do? Because I feel like a big kid sometimes. Right? Yeah. Um, so, Jody, go ahead to uh, 2 Timothy, please. 2 Timothy 1.9. 
He has saved us and he has called us to a holy life. So if you stop right there, God has saved us when we believe, right? He has saved us. And then that second part, he has called us to a holy life. That's pretty simple. A life set apart for him. A life honoring him. And then here's where it gets, gets better. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. His own purpose and grace. What's grace? Aiden, what's grace? Your sister? Okay. What else is grace? You forget? All right. You want me to ask Kyler? Okay. I like to pick on these guys, right? Yeah. Grace is, is God's unmerited favor for us, right? It's not just forgiveness. It's not just looking the other way. It's all-encompassing. It's his love for us. It's how much he cares for us. And it's not because of anything we've done. It's that simple. He saved us, and he called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his, perp- his purpose and grace. And then, this is where I, I want to start today. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. This past few, what, months, Isaac has been um, talking to us about the Old Testament and about how everything in it was a, a, a beginning part for Jesus. We can see Jesus in the Old Testament, in the law, in those Bible stories that we love to tell our kids, right? I, I personally love Bible stories. I love getting wrapped up in them because I like stories in general. So, we're gonna start there. Uh, go ahead to John 1, 1 through 5. We're just going to just hit on this a little bit. I want to show, show you guys some stuff that, that I see. So John 1, 1 through 5, Jody. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Notice Word is capitalized, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, so he is the Word, and the Word is Jesus, just so you know. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you keep reading in John, Jesus says, I am the light, right? He's got a lot of those I am statements in there. He tells us who he is. He's the light. So Jesus was there at the beginning. He was at creation. He was there uh, in the garden, and uh, I don't know if I put this on there, Genesis 1.26, but go to the Amplified if you don't mind. Amplified. I'm really picky. We can do that one first. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, and on and on. Let us make mankind. Let us. 
God got a you know, little thing in his pocket. Okay, so here's the amplified version. God said, let us, and he's, the, here's where we, we find out who that us is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit make mankind in our image after our likeness and let them have complete authority and, and the rest goes on. Okay, so we, we see Jesus is there at creation. And then you go a little bit further and he was there with Cain and Abel. Um, I, don't probably, I probably didn't put this one down either. Go to Genesis 4, 15 through 16. Oh, I did. No, that's good. So the Lord said to him, he's talking to, uh, to Cain. He says, not so, or yeah, to Cain. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out, to the Lord's, out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. That's where grace, that's the first example of grace. Well, actually our second. Because it's when Adam and Eve uh, were in the garden and they got the boot, they didn't just, you know, have to go, all right, God, well, there, thanks for the relationship. No. But he, he took them outside. Same here. He put a mark on Cain so that anyone who found him, or so that no one that found him would kill him. All right. <clears throat> the next thing I want to talk to you about, since we've established that the grace and Jesus was there in the beginning, <clears throat> is I want to talk to you a little bit about grace and the law. They were both necessary at, at, at a point. John 1, uh, 17, go ahead. I know I put that one on there. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given. Why was it given? Because the Israelites asked for it. Tell us how to live a holy life. Tell us how to live for you, God. They've been marching around in the wilderness and they wanted to know, what do we have to do to live for you, for God? So he gave them the law. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit. God already knew what they were going to do. He already knew they weren't going to be able to live up to that law. But they still wanted it because they didn't understand grace. They didn't understand the grace that God had for them. So then grace came through Jesus Christ. Until Jesus appeared in human form, the Israelites couldn't understand grace. <clears throat> um, let's go to Romans 5.17, uh, Jody. So just, just as sin entered through Adam, through, through lying to God, and then death because of that sin. Read this. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ? That's God's promise to us. Because we have received Jesus. Jesus. So if one 
one little thing brought death, how much more does grace bring life to us? Five, uh, same, same book, Romans 5.20, talks about the law a little bit more. And the law was brought in so that that trespass might increase, right? Because what, did the, what is the law good for, Tom? What's the law good for? It, well, and it points out sin, sin, which makes that trespass increase. But where sin also increases, Grace increases all the more. Did you, did you get that? Where sin increased, grace also increases. Sometimes people in the church, they put their blinders on and they're like, oh no, you're doing this, and you're doing this, and you're doing this. They like to point the finger. But what they don't understand is that they have that Grace. That grace, we all have it. Because if we don't, we might as well just go back to, to Moses and be like, hey, man, give us some more rules. Give us some more things that we can't live up to. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Freely. Freely. It's our choice to accept it and to believe It's our choice to accept that grace. Or we can keep following the rules. The rules we can't live up to. Romans uh, 11.29 says, God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty. Under full warranty, they're never canceled and they never never rescinded. Anybody got a, anybody got a car warranty? How long do those last? Not long enough, right? Right. Okay. Sometimes you can void the warranty, can't you? If you put an aftermarket muffler on your car, oh, you did that. You can't. Nope, we're not going to touch that anymore. Or you put different tires or whatever. God's call doesn't change. Even when you mess up, it doesn't change. I find it humorous. And if, as a, I don't know what you want to call this, but I find humor in weird little things, maybe because it's just the student part of me. But this little verse in Romans, it's just tucked in there, and you hear it preached a lot. But if you read back in Romans 11, 17 through 20, do you have that, did I give you that one, Jody? 11, 17 through 20. Yep, okay. So, so this, this, Paul is, is talking to the Romans actually about the Hebrews, about the, about the Jews, He's, he's saying that God's call on them is still valid. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, 
though a wild shoot, the, and you as Gentiles, through, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing, nourishing sap from the olive root, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. You're all the same. At this point, we're all the same. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. So as, as Gentiles, because that's what we all are, we're grafted into God's promise to the Israelites. We have the same promise. But the cool thing is, is that we have grace. And we understand grace. And we know grace. And if you don't, let me tell you today, right now, you have grace. Everything you've done was covered by one man on the cross. We talked about that last week. Jesus came to fill full the law. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. God knew us in the womb even before he started knitting us together, counting, counting. He knew us. Here's some other examples of what God knew and of grace. If, if you think this grace isn't for you, let me, let me just point out a few examples. We know, about, we know about Cain and Abel. We know about God giving Cain grace. You're not going to die, Cain, because I'm not going to let anybody kill you. Then here comes Noah and his family, and God's just mad at everybody on the face of the earth. I'm going to wipe them all out. This is not what I had planned. And you know what? He saw Noah and his family, and he said, I'm going to save them. And so he caused the flood, and he saved this family. But then he made a covenant with Noah, a covenant of grace, and I'm not going to do that again. And every time you see a rainbow, that's a reminder for me and for you. And then a little bit further, in, Abraham, uh, in Genesis chapter 12, it talks, about, uh, it talks about Abram before he became Abraham. And he told Abraham, Abram, he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. He took him to Canaan and said, all this land I'm going to give to you. Guess what? Abraham messed up. He was still struggling with unbelief a little bit. Then, there, there, there's a famine, so Abraham, where's he? he goes to Egypt, and he goes, hey, Sarai, tell him you're my sister. Whoa. Somebody that believes God's going to provide for him tells his wife to, to tell the Egyptians he's going to be... You're, you're my sister. Guess what happened to the Egyptians? All kinds of plagues and diseases because of that. But yet, God still had grace for Abraham. He reaffirms his promise with Abraham and that also tells, even, even more so tells Abraham, 
I'm going to make your, your offspring so great that they can't be counted. Keep going on. Abraham says, I'm 90-some I'm years old. I, I, don't have a, I don't have any children. Maybe I should have a child with my uh, wife's servant. So he has Ishmael. Finally, after he's 100 years old, Sarah gives birth. Then we have Isaac. Let me tell you, folks, this theme keeps going on. Isaac messed up too. He didn't learn anything off, anything from his father Abraham because he went and told, uh, told people that Rebekah was his sister. It was the same, the same ruse, the same lie. But Isaac's promise from God was still there. And then we get to Jacob. And Jacob, right away, hey, Esau, let me have your birthright. Okay. Then, hey, I'm going to go take your blessing too. So then it just goes and goes and goes and goes. And then we get to Joseph in Genesis 39.2. And this was where we started our, our, our stuff this year, youth. We started with this. You want to put that up there, Genesis 39.2? The suspense is killing me. <laughs> You're all right. Hey, we're all, we're all doing what we got to do. I know it was. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Joseph, first of all, had some crazy dreams. Some dreams were, and he told people about them. Hey, mom, dad, brothers, you're all going to bow down and worship me. That's a good way to get thrown out. And guess what? He did. They put him in a pit and sold him as a slave. So then he makes his way to Egypt, he interprets a couple of dreams, and here he is living in uh, Potiphar's house. Okay? The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. God knows us. He knows us in our womb. And he calls us to his good purpose. <clears throat> uh, go ahead to Psalm 3311, Jody. But the plans of the Lord stand firm, how long? Forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. If you read the, if you look at the Bible, it's a big love story. When I do weddings, that, that is one of the things that I, I like to make sure people understand. From beginning to end, the Bible is one big love story. It's God's love for his people, his love for the church when Jesus arrives and through. It's also one big story about grace. From, from Genesis all the way through, it's grace. It's grace for all of us. His, his plans are forever. He knew what he was doing, even before he put us together in our mother's womb. He knows our smallest thoughts. 
He knows our plans. He knows our hearts. Sometimes he guides us in a very direct way to his, what he wants us to be in. When I was in high school and, and going to college and, and thinking through where I wanted to end up, I just said, Lord, I, I want to be where you want me to be. I want to be where you want me to be. And what did I, what, what did I know? I was an 18-year-old kid that, you know, could have ended up doing just about anything because I have lots of interests and lots of, I mean, I could have went to be a school teacher. I could have, who knows? I could have worked, you know, worked in a factory. I could have ran a restaurant. I, I could have done anything. Okay? And I just said, Lord, I want to be where you want to be. Well, what do I know about interpreting what the Lord wants for me? Well, it's a little something inside of you that tells you. Max always says, no peace, no go. And that's kind of what I used. Got to where I, I thought I was supposed to be, and I felt peaceful. and Things were good, and that's how I knew. As I've moved through adulthood now, and I graduated college, was going to be a, a, a children's pastor, and I thought, this is great, and I'm going to be a youth pastor, and this is great, and things just keep changing. And now today, I sell t-shirts, and I make t-shirts, and all kinds of other things, and I coach three different sports, and I'm, I'm helping out with youth group here, and you know what? God's call for me was to love people, and to, to love young people, and to share that with them. And guess what? Everything I do, every place I'm at, there's young people. There's older people too that I love to share Jesus with. But I, I'm, I, I have that opportunity because God's plan never changed. His purpose never changed. That we get to just love people and share grace. Finish it all up. One of our, one of our favorite verses. John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. There's a lot of things that come against us. They want to steal our joy. They want to kill our heart. And they want to destroy that grace that you have. And that's the enemy. That's the thief. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Isaac talked about it again last week, about Jesus on the cross, laying down his life for his sheep. He did that so that we have a full understanding of that grace. Doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did 10 years ago. How many times have we heard people say, God doesn't love me because, or God can't love me like that because he loves you no matter what. Because he knew you in your mother's womb when he was putting you together. Think about that. God's just sitting there, he goes, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
knit this person together, and I know exactly where they're going to be and exactly what time, and they're going to get this. He loves us. His grace for us. And he wants us to have a full life, an abundant life. He wants us to have a life so full that it overflows. That's what God's grace is for us. His grace is that abundant life. So, if you've never experienced God's grace and you want to, open yourself up to it. Believe in it because it's true. Any one of us in here, Tom, Tammy, Jody, we can tell you about God's grace. Danny, we can tell you about it. Mark, we can tell you about God's grace. It's the real deal. And it doesn't matter. His plans for you never have changed. Not since the moment he started knitting you together in your mother's womb. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for today. I thank you for each person here. I thank you, thank you that you love us unconditionally, without end, that you love us from the moment you started knitting us together, and you love us all the way through because you want us to live. You've given us purpose. You've given us a calling, each one of us, and those things never, ever change, Jesus. Lord, I pray for, for hearts today that um, they would experience your grace in a very real way, a way that they've never experienced it before. I pray that as we leave here today, um, that we have safe travels and that, and that your word goes forth, your grace goes forth, and your love goes forth, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. We pray all of this in your name. Amen.